Shalom and welcome to Parashah's Christmas, the weekly fix for spiritual lessons taken from the Parashah. Have your coffee and let's take a look at the weekly Torah reading. Today we'll be looking at Parashat Behar, which runs from Leviticus chapter 25 verse 1 to chapter 26 verse 2. Enjoy it and don't forget to give us your feedback on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube or via our website. Have you ever dreamed about what you would do for your 100th birthday? Would you like to row a boat on a giant fountain that's spouting brandy? Or what about serve your party guests a wheel of cheese that was four feet in diameter? Or perhaps you'd like to host a masquerade party with diamond-studded masks? Whatever you choose to do, and the examples I just gave actually happened, some people have gone to pretty crazy lengths to celebrate a milestone or a special occasion. After all, they don't happen every day. And we've certainly got a milestone to celebrate in this week's parasha. This week we learn about a very special milestone, one so special that it only takes place once every 50 years. Yes, we're talking about the Yovel, the year of Jubilee. We learned last week that God is keen on the idea of us celebrating different aspects of his care for us, but also him directly. But this week he gives us the ultimate challenge to mark a 50-year milestone. He tells us that we're not to do any sowing or reaping, but that he'll provide enough food for us, just like he promised to do during the similar Sabbath year, once every seven years. Property was to be returned to the original owners, with some exceptions. Debts were to be cancelled, and slaves were to be set free, again, with some exceptions. It's a momentous occasion and almost serves, to a certain extent, to reboot society. In fact, we're told that we were supposed to calculate real estate prices and workers' wages based on the number of years left to the next jubilee. Every 50 years, once a lifetime, we could reflect on all that had gone on and look forward to the future. Any mistakes we'd made by selling our property or slaves could be undone. Well, apart from a few exceptions, as I mentioned earlier. It was a year of hope, a year of opportunity, a year of rescue which all sounds wonderful, except we don't have any record that the Jubilee ever took place. The record of the Tanakh is very quiet on our keeping the Torah, and we only hear of occasional mentions of us celebrating Pesach, Passover, or Sukkot, but there is not one single mention of the Jubilee, apart from perhaps a vague hint of it when Nehemiah orders the release of some slaves. In fact, one of the reasons that God kicked us out of the land is because we failed to keep his Shabbat years, including the Jubilee, and give the ground a rest. As we recover from the shock over this damning silence concerning the Jubilee, we're forced to ask ourselves, why did our ancestors never celebrate this incredible milestone? I mean, it was once in a lifetime opportunity, right? If we look closer, we see that the Jubilee represented a time where God set things right in Israeli society. It was a sort of utopian year where everything was put right. No more debts, no more slavery, unless the slaves chose to stay, and no more hard labor. In theory, it sounds great, but world history confirms that not everyone wants this. After all, for many people, having slaves was wonderful. Who wouldn't want free labor? Getting into debt allowed our ancestors back then, and many people today, to live beyond their means for a time. And leaving the land fallow meant having to trust God that he would give enough to eat. What if he didn't pull through? What if the crops that grew by themselves weren't to our taste? 
perhaps the Jubilee wasn't as wonderful as we first thought. As we reflect on the Jubilee and compare it to our lives today, we can see that many of the same principles apply. The way that God wants us to live doesn't always seem to us to be the best way. Thousands of years after the Jubilee was given, we still have slavery. We still get into crippling debt. We have produced a food culture that is ruining the environment. We still haven't established paradise on earth. Why? Because ultimately we, just like our ancestors, are profoundly selfish. In theory, we want the Jubilee. In practice, we want the opposite. At the Jubilee, God is in the center and everything is as it should be. The way we choose to live our lives, we are the center. And when we are the center, we end up abusing ourselves and each other to get what we want. Thankfully, there is hope. One day in a local Israeli synagogue around 2,000 years ago, a young teacher got up to read the Haftarah. He took the scroll of Yeshayahu, Isaiah the prophet, and read these famous words from the 61st chapter. The spirit of Adonai Elohim is upon me because Adonai has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? This young Jewish man, born in Bethlehem and raised in Nazareth, was proclaiming the Jubilee. But he was doing more than that. He gave the Jubilee a new meaning. Yes, God had originally intended for the Jubilee to be practiced literally, but like most things in the Torah, there was a deeper spiritual meaning. This young Jewish man, who we know as Yeshua, was proclaiming a spiritual Jubilee. The Messiah had come and come to bring in the Jubilee, first to our hearts before he brings it to our land. With his death and resurrection, he freed us from our slavery to our selfishness. He canceled the debts that we'd accrued against God and so opened the way for us to have God's favor again. And that truly is a jubilee. But it's just a start. All of this is just a foreshadowing of a future paradise on this earth with the Messiah in charge. But do we really want that? Or do we want to be in charge? So, the jubilee was the greatest celebration that never was. Slaves weren't freed, debts weren't cancelled, property wasn't returned. So much potential, and yet it was just a damp squib. But since Yeshua's coming, the invitation to the greatest celebration of them all has been reissued. You and I have the chance to experience freedom and forgiveness if we're willing to let go of our selfishness and embrace the ultimate selflessness, the Messiah. Where do you stand? That's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our Parasha Espresso. Please don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or via our website at youdenfearjesus.de.